1: Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's com slash sale. And book your free consult today.
2: Don't forget once a day you can play the free-to-play BetMGM Fast Break game inside your BetMGM app, a chance to win daily prizes. You're the point guard. You can pass the KG, dish it to Jalen Rose, or take it in yourself for a dunk. You score You get a prize. It's our free-to-play BetMGM Sportsbook Fast Break Game. Inside your app, your chance to win a reward every single day if you score a basket. 20 minutes from now, Mike Rutherford of Card Chronicle and the Mike Rutherford Show to talk college hoops with a big card tomorrow. We're now just about, mm, let's see, nine days away, uh, less than a week and a half away from conference tournament season, really hitting full speed for the big conferences. Some of the small conferences get started as early as Monday and Tuesday of next week. An hour from now, we'll take a look at the American league Cy Young award market. After looking at the national league earlier, a reminder, anything you may have missed, you can rewind inside your odyssey app or just download us as a podcast wherever you get your podcast search BetQL daily, watch the show this beautiful Friday, whatever you're up to. Hopefully it's a good one, and you've gotten an early start to the weekend. twitchtv BetQL or YouTube Odyssey Sports. And um, the combine continues. We saw we saw very large men running yesterday, including Tiandre Swift, who was a large human running as fast as he possibly could. Uh, we saw guys like Chop Robinson, some of those edge rushers and front seven guys putting up really nice times. We'll see how that affects where they go. We talked uh, yesterday about corners and tight ends, where Brock Bowers goes. Like I said, if you want to go back and get that as a podcast, you can. Those guys will work out today, Saturday. So tomorrow, as we're sitting here, quarterbacks and offensive linemen will work out. We know quarterbacks will be the focus, guys. Um, We are now 10 days away. And this is how the NFL plans everything perfectly. It's all this big interconnected web of constant storytelling. But we're 10 days away from the legal tampering period. And free agency officially opens two days later that's when you got to find a quarterback if you don't think you're going to be able to get one in the draft. But if you're the Chicago Bears, for instance, you can get one in the draft. Caleb Williams is the guy. Um, He will not be working out this weekend, Joe. Uh, Won't be undergoing any medical exams at the Combine either. Jaden Daniels won't be working out. So this is really an opportunity, I think, for Drake May to solidify himself in that number two spot. If he throws well tomorrow night, I think he not only solidifies himself as the number two, um, but there's a chance that Jaden Daniels is going to have to come back and show people even more at a pro day than maybe he can to to the two three is more fascinating at this point. We've mentioned that several times than the first overall pick. I think.
0: Yeah, that's it. Seems like that's where the draft starts, Um, and we're still getting more and more stuff. I I don't know that anything is changing here. Uh, I think there's a difference between saying okay, the Bears are going to take Caleb number one overall, and then, and then what is Caleb going to be? It's it's kind mm-hmm. of like this week, Caleb going to the Bears has taken over the combine, but the opinion on Caleb has been kind of pushed to the side. Like, Rap Sheet comes out and says, all signs point to Caleb to the Bears number one overall. Yeah, I agree with that. Daniel Jeremiah is saying he'd be surprised the Bears don't stick at number one and take Caleb. That's what everybody's saying right now. Um, last week, Boomer Esiason of Odyssey said if Ryan Pauls doesn't take Caleb Williams number one, he should be fired. It, it feels like we're going too far. Like, we watched the same college football season, right? I'm not saying Caleb yeah. Williams is going to be a bust in any sense. I think he is the number one overall pick. But since the end of the college football season, uh, we remember when he was the favorite, but it was minus 400, minus 500. Now it's minus 1,000. Like, what has changed? The tape is the tape. I still have question marks about Caleb Williams, but it feels like if you're just following the media and the coverage of the combine, a lot of those question marks are being pushed to the side completely. Um, But yeah, that is more interesting. What happens with two? What happens with three? There are respected analysts out there. I heard Lance Zierling uh, of NFL.com yesterday say that if Jaden Daniels had a different stature, if he was a bigger dude he would go number one overall because that would answer a lot of the questions that you have you know with Drake May it's stupid and it kind of reminds me of what was going on with C.J. Stroud but the, the question is reps and the question is North Carolina Aaron Like it, it's tough because those North Carolina guys have not fared well but um, I, I hope that Stroud has completely shut down that conversation about Ohio State QBs
1: Hmm. Didn't Sam Howell also go to North Carolina? Mm -hmm. He had a rough go of it here in Washington. And then I was just reading a blog about how Commander's fans are now, their PTSD has been triggered by Josh Harris sitting in on these quarterback (laughs) meetings. So I I guess the hater in me is like, I'm sure they'll find a way to mess this up. That's just what a Washington (laughs) does. They've been searching for a quarterback. For years, I think they had one in Kirk Cousins and they messed that up. Why don't we just bring that back again? No, I'm just kidding. But still, it's crazy that they just find a way to mess this up time and time again. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It seems to be a lot of back and forth now between Drake May and Jaden Daniels. So they've got a tough decision to make.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the that's the thing is, Are do you really think that this is the kind of class that should go one, two, three at quarterback, I think is the first question to kind of bring it back around to where you started, Joe. And there's one, there's one discussion. Okay. Where do we think these guys are going to go? And then the ripple effect discussion is, well, what happens when they do go where they're expected to go? Like I think it was Tannenbaum. I heard this morning or the other day, compare this quarterback class to the 2004 class Manning rivers and Roethlisberger. Oh, stop um, it. Sweat yeah. Tannenbaum. Get out of here. <laughs> Jesus, do we have to? But, Everything. Well, but, so when we're talking going one, two, three at quarterback, though, like is I understand the value on positions has changed in the last 20 years. Like, I totally get that. Every franchise wants to find their quarterback so they can build around that guy. Um, but that's this is why I keep coming back to and I sound a bit like a broken record. Quarterbacks are going to get drafted in this first round. Um, yes. And, and I'm not even talking about the top three. I'm talking about when we get to McCarthy. People talk about him going 10th or 12th. I mean, what, what are we doing with J.J. McCarthy? Bo Nix uh, right now, if you look at it, he's favored to go to the Broncos at plus 275. Is Bo Nix a quarterback worth drafting at 12th overall? Raiders plus 450. He's a top 10 quarterback, um, as in a top 10 first-round draft pick caliber quarterback. I don't see it. And I still have questions. Like, I have questions about all three of these guys. So, May, mm-hmm. there's the obvious North Carolina question, which, again, we can talk about whether that matters or not after watching CJ Stroud kind of bust the Ohio State myth. Um, with Jaden Daniels, it's, is he going to get himself killed because he likes to take big hits? Or is his arm worth it, and will he learn at the NFL level to not take those hits? And then, with Caleb Williams, it's the biggest question of, is he actually this good? Is he actually like to your point, Joe, worth being an absolute shoe in? You should get fired if you don't take this guy first overall quarterback. Because the guy I saw last year, he's he's really good. I don't want to take anything away from him and say he's not good. He's a really good quarterback, but is he a is he a franchise cornerstone? I, I think it's fair to have doubts.
0: Yeah, we, we all saw the Notre Dame game. And he played in conferences that didn't have any defense. Like life is gonna mm-hmm. change. And how is he when he's working through his progressions? Can, can you know, it's it's not going to be, the NFL's not a situation where you can just kind of wing it. Okay, first got, first read isn't there. And then he's going off the fly. And that's where he ended up getting a lot of big explosive plays. That's the way, that's the world of the NFL now. Last year was 1-2-4. Like, at this point, where did people have Anthony Richardson going last year? And then he ends up being the four. Why? Because you push it up because it's the position. Uh, A few years ago, one, two, three, two outright busts in Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. And Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. Right now, he's an average quarterback in this league. He took a step back last year. So we don't know where we are with Trevor Lawrence. They might all, all three could be busts. So unless it's a year where Kenny Pickett is viewed as the best quarterback in the class, there's going to be 3 going very high there's probably going to be 4 or 5 i agree with our guests that have been on the show this week ben brown and scott smith it seems like everybody's in agreement that there will be 5 guys that go in the first round yes a 100% i agree with that is there a possibility of 6 sure there's a possibility thing is the teams at the top are there for a reason cuz they don't have a, a quarterback so if you could make an argument for those three they're all going to go very high and then you get that next tier that next tier there, there are so many i mean you could make the case that nearly half the league is looking um seattle is the favorite to take pennix and a year ago it was like wow look what they did with geno smith comeback player of the year and a year later they're in the quarterback market
1: Well, that's just it. Almost every team could use a quarterback. And if you don't, like you might as well see what you have with a young quarterback on a rookie deal. It's a good problem to have if you do strike gold on one of them. So I think having more quarterbacks in the first round getting drafted is a good idea because so many teams, whether they're getting injured or the, these guys just straight up stink. Like so many teams, we just always talk about injuries and bad quarterback play. So if you're going to have a quarterback rich draft, it makes sense to see a lot of them go in the first round because you just never know which one of these are going to pan out at the NFL level.
2: Yeah. It brings me around though, to the idea. And I think when I looked at Kuyper's mock and we talked about Bucky Brooks mock draft the other day, I think they both have eight or nine offensive linemen going, which is the other group that'll work out on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe anyway that you build around the offensive line because your quarterback doesn't matter who it is. Most likely if your offensive line can't keep them from getting killed. Um mm-hmm. I've, I've gone on my rant before about how that was one of the problems here in Pittsburgh over the last half decade is they let the offensive line age out and ended up putting a middling overdrafted first round quarterback behind an offensive line in transition. If you can figure out the offensive line first, and again, this seems like a really strong offensive line draft, then, you know, we get caught up in talking about the strength of the quarterback class each and every year. And I understand why for all the reasons, both you guys mentioned, um, and people are already talking about, well, no, this year's quarterback class is definitely better than next year's. Well, we, let's be honest. We have no idea what's going to happen between now and a year from now in a quarterback class. It's, re- no. it's it's. I don't want to say impossible, but it's very hard to determine. You know, it, I remember a few years ago, we all thought Spencer Rattler, oh, he's going to be QB1 in his draft class. <laughs> Spencer Rattler may not go on the second day of the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Um, things change. and. The one thing I think you should lean in on in a year where you've got probably seven, eight, nine first round caliber offensive line prospects. Take care of that before you take care of your quarterback. You know, especially if you're in a situation where maybe you can get away with it for another year, your Seattle with Geno, I think is a great example. Um, Less so in Pittsburgh with Pickett, but there are spots where maybe you say, Hey, I'll kick that quarterback can down the road for a year and just make sure I have a quality offensive line that I believe in around that quarterback position when I do go
0: to figure it out, you know? I don't have the, I don't have a problem with that approach at all. We've seen it work. The Lions are expected to be set up for success for a long period of time. Why? Because they did that. They took care of the trenches. That's what they did first, and then we'll fill it in, and guess what? We didn't need to get the elite quarterback. See, these teams right. get so scared that... Okay, like what you just said about Spencer Rattler, you know, as ridiculous as it is, after the five six that we've been talking about—Caleb Daniels, May McCarthy, Penix, Nix—after that, it's Rattler. It is. He <laughs> is He's Rattler. the next guy. You know what I mean? And wh- so after this first early second run of QBs, are we going to wait until the fourth or fifth round before we see another quarterback? I could see that in this draft. Mm-hmm. And you know, teams get worried. Okay, let's say we build up. Are we ever going to get that opportunity? To get a top-flight quarterback, because maybe we'll just be average, and then we'll be stuck in the middle, and we'll be like the Broncos, talking about taking JJ McCarthy, you know, in the teens or something like that, a, a Bo Nix. And how often do those work out? Um, but yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind that approach at all. You're, t- you're still talking about a premium position. You have the, uh, you you could end up getting the best at any position. And that's why a lot of people are in love with Marvin Harrison Jr. Because he's got the highest floor and you know he's going to be in the league. He's expected to be a stud for the next decade. And and, it, and it's now a premium position. I don't know that I would go that route. I would prefer the, the line, like you say, in pass rushers, not as strong as previous years. But I don't hate that idea at all. It's just how you want to go about your team building.
1: And also offensive line just seemed to be a common theme about all these teams. And it started in preseason, struggling, bad offensive line, bad offensive line. Another team, 49ers, trading and bringing in Trent Williams. You know, I mean, uh, now they have Brock Purdy. Doesn't matter who your quarterback is when you've got a stud, you know, offensive lineman like Trent Williams. So I am with you. I think it's a great point
2: we'll see uh it definitely feels like one two three quarterback is not going to change between now and draft day and it certainly feels like caleb williams first overall to chicago is starting to be written in in ink we'll wait for the first domino to fall maybe this weekend with fields being traded Uh, let's dive into college hoops because it's a huge day tomorrow really from noon till midnight if you want a string of ranked matchups, five different big ones from the Big East to the West Coast Conference. We dive into all of it with Mike Rutherford next right here on Beck UL Daily. In 20 minutes, we play a Friday edition of Nickel or Dime. In about 40 minutes, we already looked at the NL Cy Young Market early uh, spring training, 28 days to opening day. Look at it. We look at the AL Cy Young Market top of the hour. Lightning bets before we wrap up. You can tell Double D on the board. Uh, for Jake today with the uh, with the wild thing coming back. Uh, good stuff as we make our way <laughs> to the weekend alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack, and it is a huge day of college hoops tomorrow. I mentioned it before the break. You've got essentially 12 hours of nonstop ranked on ranked action spicy um, from the Big East all the way out to the West Coast Conference starts at noon all the way to Gonzaga St. Mary's late here to talk about all of it at Card Chronicle on Twitter the Mike Rutherford show in Louisville every weekday afternoon Mike Rutherford Mike morning how are you uh, are, are you prepared for the stretcher on here we got like a week and a half to go until the big conferences hit conference tournament play we even get some of the small conferences in action starting Monday Tuesday Wednesday
3: I'm ready to go, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We had to wait one extra day this year to get to March, but we're here. Uh, I'm pumped for championship week, kicking off next week. I mean, I mean the big conferences in, in two weeks is going to be a lot of fun. But next weekend, I mean, you look at, like, we have a potential of a, of a Drake-Indiana State-Missouri Valley Conference final on Sunday. And if you haven't seen Robbie Avila play... Uh the guy who looks like the the nerdy guy who shows up at your YMCA and just goes off for 25 and 10. Like um, America's going to fall in love with this guy. And he's going to be going up against Tucker DeVries who's scoring 30 points a game for Drake. Like it, it's just it's a magical time of the year. The magic's going to start next week. I'm so excited for it. This is going to be awesome.
0: Uh Mike, this is probably a bit of an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, um a- after the first four days of the tournament, one of the big talking points is always This conference is great, and this conference has been stinking it up in the tournament. Do you have any ideas? Are there any conferences where back of your mind, without knowing the matchups, which is the biggest part, and that's why it's a bit unfair, but in the back of your mind, are there any conferences where you're like, you know what, I think they're going to shock some people, and maybe they get to the second week of the tournament, and maybe another conference where you're like, yeah, there's a bunch of teams I, I, I don't like. Come tournament time, I will not be back
3: in this conference. Is, I mean is it fair to just default to the big Ten like big 10 I knew this it, was coming yeah yeah I, mean, I kind of was leading the witness here but yeah it, it's like you know it's it, it, how can you not say that after the last several years where every single and and look it's it's not like it was uh, three seasons ago or two seasons ago where it was hey the big Ten's gonna get 11 12 teams in. They're the best conference. It's not even close. Like that kind of that that distinction goes to the Big Twelve this year. They're carrying that banner. They're the conference that has, I think, uh, eight teams in the top forty-five of the net rankings. They're the team that the conference is going to get probably double-digit teams in without question. But the Big Ten every year seems to kind of spit the bit with the uh, you know all, not just the top teams losing in the first weekend, but we've had so you know I think they brought eleven teams to the NCAA tournament three years ago and. None of them made it past the second round, which was just an absurd fail rate. And I think the deal with the Big Ten this year is they're really good in the middle. But besides Purdue, you don't look at them as having a realistic national title contender. I guess I think you can make the case for Illinois if you want to, but they're a little bit more of a difficult sell. So I would not be shocked at all if you have these teams in the middle of the conference that have been you know, good but not great so far this season all getting bounced in the you know the, 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 the second or third rounds of the NCAA tournament like i'm i'm not a big believer in wisconsin um, I, i'm trying to think of who else i'm, I'm not a nebraska's been a, a, a cute little story i'm not well, sure Flesner. they can do a whole lot of damage. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, a yeah, it, it's the, the big 10 they're on fraud watch every single year until they like, prove us all otherwise <laughs>
1: I love cute little stories. I want to ask you about Marquette at Creighton. I'm looking forward to this one. Marquette has been cruising. They've won 11 of their last 12. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they've won those three games by 22 points or more. They've been covering the spread. Ken Palm has Creighton winning by four. Curious what you like in this matchup
3: it's tough to pick against a home team in the big East home teams have been kind of cleaning up in that conference all season long. And it's not just the big East. It's been, this has been the year of, of home teams, whether they're ranked or not taking care of business in big time games in the conference. But Marquette outside, if you, if you just take away the blowout loss to UConn, which I, I realize is a difficult thing to do. They haven't lost to anybody since January 10th and they've been really good away from home. They've won some quality road games. They beat Villanova on the road. Uh, they beat Butler on the road. They beat St. John's on the road. Uh, two of those three teams are, are right there flirting with the NCAA tournament. Villanova can probably, you know, they're, they're flirting with it as well. So I, I think Marquette has a fighting chance here. Having said that, it's difficult to pick against Creighton in, in a home spot where I think they need this game a little bit more than Marquette does. Um, they're still a little bit wounded from some of the losses they took at the beginning of the month. They've played better as season has gone on. I think Creighton gets right in this game. I, I think they are a legitimate threat to make a run back to a regional final and potentially beyond if they get the right matchups. Uh, I think this is a good moment for Baylor Shireman and, and, and Ryan Cochbender to kind of reintroduce themselves to the college basketball world who may have forgotten about him. Marquette's very, very good. I think that they're a, a, a easy pick to repeat as Big East tournament champions this year. I, I would not be shocked at all if they did that and maybe upset UConn or, or if somebody else picks off UConn. But I like Creighton in this spot this weekend.
2: Mike Rutherford of Card Chronicle and the Mike Rutherford Show every afternoon in Louisville with us here on BetQL Daily. Um, the SEC, as we talk about conference to conference, the hierarchy of things here, Mike, the SEC is, what, three or four years, maybe five removed from being like a four-bid league, right? Like, And the SEC is one of the powerhouses this year. looks like increasingly a seven-bid league, uh, but every team has – sort of the dents in the armor. And there's a couple of interesting matchups tomorrow. Early, we've got Florida and South Carolina, uh, a seven seed and a six seed, according to bracketologies out there, all the way through to the primetime matchup between Tennessee and Alabama, which should be, in my opinion anyway, the best game of the day tomorrow night. Um, How do you handicap the conference top to bottom? And what do you think of these two matchups in particular?
3: I think the SEC is great, and it, it it pains me as a Louisville fan who's grown up spending my entire life saying, "Congrats, UK! You dominate the you know the, the, the little boys' league." Uh, the SEC, we, you're not playing real basketball. The SEC, a, a few years ago, you know, everyone knows that they're that, that they're super cash rich. Like, like they 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 are loaded with money. They can throw money at whatever they want. And they went ahead and a lot of these programs out there that historically have not cared about college basketball that much invested heavily in college basketball. They went out, they landed top tier coaches, they upgraded facilities, and you're starting to see a lot of these programs reap the benefits. They've done better than any other conference in college basketball over the last five years, I would say, have done a remarkable job when it comes to hiring coaches. And the first matchup that you talk about is perfect evidence of that. Todd Golden, who I hate because he's younger than I am and looks like he's, like, 10 years younger than I am, which is – I'm not ready for that yet, but he's there. He looks like he's 28 years old. But he is a rising star in college basketball. He took San Francisco to new heights. He plays this nerd ball style that's heavy in analytics. I think there was some concern about how that would translate over to a program like Florida, and it's translating pretty well. They've been just about as good as anybody the last month of the season. And then Lamont Paris was a hire that a lot of people rolled their eyes at and said – "Yeah." It, it, Couple of nice years at Chattanooga. Does he really warrant a Power Five job? And now South Carolina is doing all they can to scramble to keep him in the long term because he's been so good this year. I don't know. Like, I, I like Florida bigger picture in the NCAA tournament. South Carolina screams the classic overachiever that maybe gets a seed, you know, in that four, five, six range where they get picked off in the first round, and reality kind of comes back to bite them. I think Florida is more equipped to make a run in the NCA tournament. But I like a lot of these SEC teams, like like Tennessee, the one you, you talk about. All of these teams having potential fatal flaws. Tennessee's only real fatal flaw is their past flameouts in the NCAA tournament, which I think is kind of unfair to hold against them. I get that they're probably the best program that's never been to a Final Four. I get that Rick Barnes has struggled in the NCAA tournament. They check pretty much every other single box. They're the second best defensive team in all of college basketball. They address their offensive issues by going out there and getting, I think, the most impactful transfer in college basketball and Dalton Connect, who maybe is the best scorer in all of college basketball. You forget Zakai Ziegler, the starting point guard, tore his ACL on this exact day a year ago, and that was a big part of the reason why they didn't have any offense going into the NCAA tournament. He's healthy. He's playing as well as he ever has. Tennessee is very, very, very good, and they seem, again, if you take their history out of it and take Rick Barnes' history out of it, they seem like a top-tier Final Four contender to me. I like them more than any other team in the SEC, and I like a lot of teams in the SEC.
0: Let's talk Kansas Baylor. Um, it was a surprise the other day down to BYU. Well, both these teams lost to BYU recently, but um, it, it feels like people are very concerned about the Jayhawks, and with this McCullough status, you have every reason to be. Um, and they're trying to hide the status. Oh, he's improving a little bit, but doesn't it seem like and we'd be lucky if we see him again this year.
3: There's been something off with this Kansas team the entire season. And the McCuller injury stuff has been on and off for the last two or three weeks. And I'm kind of with you. I'm starting to doubt his long-term availability. And we're not talking about just like, oh, he's their leading scorer. Like, this is a first-team All-American probably that we're talking about potentially not being available or not being 100% for the, the most important games of the season. I've kind of been saying this entire year, like this Kansas team reminds me a little bit of the Kansas city chiefs where it's like, there's, there's just something missing. They, they feel like they can turn it on when they want to. And then eventually at the end of the year, they were able to. And and now with the way they're playing, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Like they, they looked completely outclassed by BYU. The lack of depth on that roster, I think is starting to show itself a little bit. Hunter Dickinson is maybe more bark than bite. I don't know. Maybe he can have a gigantic NCAA tournament, but he's been, as good as he has been, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, I think, from people that were claiming he was going to be the national player of the year and he was the biggest fish in the the transfer portal pond. I, I'm not saying that I'm selling on Kansas. I, I think you're wrong to just totally dismiss them if that's what you're doing right now. But these couple of games where they play Baylor this weekend and then they're going to end up with a, with Houston a week from, from this weekend to wrap up the regular season, I, I think they'll give us some solid indication. If they win one of them, I think you sort of have to keep them on your your national championship consideration list. If they look vastly inferior in both these games, I I think you can kind of sell them and say this just – they're never going to click. They're a first-weekend team that you circle and say, I don't think they're making it out of those first two rounds.
1: I knew Chris and Joe wouldn't ask you about the Zags at St. Mary's. They left it for me. So here we go. Um, Gonzaga at St. Mary's Ken Palm has St. Mary's winning by two St. Mary's interestingly enough, has four quad one wins. The Zags only have one, uh, any chance the Zags can keep this close.
3: Sure. I, I, I mean, Gonzaga is playing its best basketball season. They were really, really good last night in a difficult spot against a good San Francisco team. Uh, they played at the, the, the Chase Center where the Warriors play. It was a little bit of a different environment. And a, a lot of people liked USF to pick off Gonzaga in that game, and Gonzaga wound up winning by 20. They have not lost since their the, the last time they played St. Mary's on, on back at the beginning of February. And sprinkled into all those West Coast Conference wins is a gigantic road win over Kentucky, which is starting to look better and better on their resume with UK playing a little bit better. Uh, I mean, all the talk about Gonzaga this season has been they've never missed the NCAA tournament under Mark Few. They've got the third longest uh, consecutive NCAA tournament streak uh, going to, what I think, 21 straight years behind one year behind Michigan State. Can they do it again if they win this game? I think they put themselves in a position where they don't have to win the West Coast Conference tournament. If they just make it to the championship game, they can lose to St. Mary's in the rubber match and probably still be in the NCAA tournament. But you know, the, the bubble's good this year. I, it's, it, I always make fun of the bubble. People saying it's historically weak. I'm like, it's it, it's always historically weak. It's the bubble, for God's sake. We're not talking about you know a, a 28 and two team from the ACC being on the bubble. And this year is the one year where people are like, the bubble's actually pretty good because all these uh, unranked teams have been picking off these ranked teams. So Gonzaga, if they if they get a third quad one victory, which is what this, this game against St. Mary's would be, I don't think they need to win the West Coast Conference Tournament mm-hmm. to get in. But if they lose this game, you're probably looking at needing to win two games in Vegas to, to make it in. But they're playing – I mean – I'd say just as well as St. Mary's over the past two or three weeks. They seem to have figured some things out. I think they absolutely have a puncher's chance, and I'll go one step further. I think they win this game in Marega. I think they they even the score, and they wind up putting positioning themselves to be an at-large team in the NCAA tournament by by beating the Gales.
2: Mike, real quick in about 45 seconds, um, any other games this weekend you have an eye on? Any angles you really like going into this week? <laughs>
3: We haven't talked – I know you brought it up, but Tennessee, Alabama, I, I kind of glossed over just talking about Tennessee. I think this is a big spot for Alabama. Um, I, I think they need to prove some things because they've been extremely hit or miss. Also, Virginia-Duke, I, I think the, you know, the ACC has gotten overlooked a little bit. Virginia has been insanely up and down. Duke has been good more or less, but not elite, as elite as we thought they were going to be. I'm very curious to see if Virginia can keep things close on the road, solidify themselves as an NCAA tournament team or if Duke is is going to play Carolina for at least a share of the ACC tournament title next week. And I think that's one to circle and pay attention to.
2: Great stuff as always, man. We appreciate the time. Thanks again. Mike Rutherford of Card Chronicle and the Mike Rutherford Show Afternoons in Louisville. Follow him on Twitter, at Card Chronicle. We'll line you up again, hopefully, for uh, conference championship week. And once we get the brackets set, uh, nickel or dime on the way. Paul's got some stuff cooked up for us. We didn't do AL Cy Young. We did NL Cy Young earlier. We'll do that at the top of the hour and lightning bets before we wrap up on a Friday here alongside Aaron and Joe. I'm Chris. This is Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Yep, back into the AL Cy Young market in just a couple of minutes. Or not back into it. Back into the Cy Young markets. We did NL earlier. If you missed it, you know you can get everything from BeckQL Daily as a podcast after the fact. Uh, all you got to do, wherever you get your podcast, search BetQL Daily, then subscribe. can always listen live inside your Odyssey app and rewind to anything in the last 72 hours as well. And we are live coast to coast on the BetQL network as well as on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. Just search Odyssey Sports. We will get to uh, Joe, Aaron, and I, nickel or dime in just a moment. Uh, producer Paul Aspen has some very interesting items cooked up, but something far more interesting happened yesterday, right guys? Like let's, let's just address the elephant in the room. Um, Our guy, Ben Brown was on and had some incredibly good insight on the draft, the off season, the scouting combine, all of it. But there were, there were a couple things he said that we'll be honest. We'll we'll let you decide. We'll let you, the viewers and listeners decide was, was yeah. Ben messing with us? Or... It's been 24
0: hours, and we have not stopped talking about this because we, we are so intrigued. That's it. Was Ben paying off a bet? So, what you don't see is off air, we were talking to him. Oh, it's been so long. Great to catch up. Excited to be on the show. Maybe he says that to everybody. Maybe. Or maybe he listens and he knows how things tend to go off the rails whenever Aaron speaks. Mm. Usually, you know, <laughs> wow. or maybe maybe he's seen the bunk reel that is maybe. out in social media sometimes, you know, on some Fridays. So I don't know. Um, maybe let's give our answers after, I guess, and let yeah let the let the people decide. Here's a mashup of our Ben Brown interview from yesterday's version of
4: BetQL Daily do think in a lot of ways, like the conversation on, you know, J.J. McCarthy, in particular, Michael Penix, like those guys expected to, uh, I would say, peter out here. I think, you know, Penix as well kind of has some warts, but if you're really only dinging him from an age perspective, it, it does make sense to me that, you know, Penix would have a little bit of a higher ceiling.
2: I mean, okay, <laughs> come on. So we've got uh. Penix petering out, and having warts,
1: I, with, with a times. high ceiling,
2: <laughs> three times through that And at
3: the end too. We missed that. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then <laughs> every other every other reference to the University of Washington quarterback later, Ben said Penix. You know, it, which yes. leads me to believe. Right, right. Which leads me to believe he's seen, That's a great theory, Joe. He has seen the bonk reel. He knows how easily our twelve-year-old senses of humor can go off the rails, and he said, mm-hmm. "You know what? I'm going to test them. I'm going to put them to the ultimate test. I'm going to drop a phoenix <laughs> metering out with words." And
4: <laughs> we failed miserably.
2: We, yeah. Now, audio-wise, I think we held it together. It Was good. Visually, it was good. Vi- visually, we had it, it was it was a tough task.
0: Uh, Aaron was audio- hiding. Okay, Aaron yeah. was hiding. That's what happened. And then I I couldn't really look up and I was look, I smiled more than I ever do in an interview or any <laughs> the show There was a lot of Aaron just had like, like a smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Aaron would go like oh, no, so I mean, Michael, Michael Phoenix like
0: Okay, we listen to the whole thing again. You
2: want it once more? Yeah. yeah
4: I do it, think it. in a lot of ways, like the conversation on, you know, JJ McCarthy in particular, Michael Penix, like those guys expected to, uh, I would say, peter out here. think, you know, Penix as well kind of has some warts, <laughs> but if you're really only dinging him from an age perspective, it, it does make <laughs> sense ding. to me that, you know, Penix would have a little bit of a higher ceiling. Oh,
0: man. The warts thing. <laughs> <Whew. sighs> Petering out, very <laughs> underused term. I think him and Eric Eager were in the Sumer Sports office on this busy yeah. Combine weekend mapping this whole thing out. Yeah.
1: That's right. always that a bet yeah, made. Be- I definitely think Ben Brown was like, I'm going to drop an early Phoenix just to get the reaction from the crowd.
4: In particular, <laughs> Michael Phoenix, like
0: <laughs> But how could he? But he continued like nothing was going on.
1: If that's what he was he,
0: doing, man. bravo.
1: I even blacked oh. out after that. Like, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, like, focus on anything he was saying.
4: <laughs> like, I can see you guys below the screen, like, off air. And mm-hmm. Aaron was just, like, just, like, a constant <laughs> smile trying
2: not to lose it the entire time. No, she was I just... she was hiding behind her microphone. Like, yes. she was
1: trying to dip yeah. down I like, below. I was so trying to keep my head just down no. so you could <laughs>
0: You, the, the, when when penix was dropped i immediately look up at erin and she refused to look up for at least a couple of minutes refused to look up and then when she had the courage she did and then he, let me hide <laughs> like she <couldn't> <laughs> i mean i
4: think you know penix as well kind of has some words, but if <laughs> All
0: right so Tweet us at the Yeah. If you don't want that, it's a bad, that's a bad when you run into that. So,
2: stock down.
0: Was Ben Brown messing with us? What do you guys think? Let's go around the horn.
2: I, I my, my firm belief is that yes. I, you, you really put the icing <laughs> on, on top of the theory here of. He's seen the bonk reel before. He was genuinely excited to come on the show because he hasn't been on the show in a while. Uh, but okay. he's seen the bonk reel in the last couple of weeks. He wants to see if he can make the bonk reel, right? <laughs> and Eager bets him 50 bucks. It's you just... can't sneak in Phoenix or uh, get, get in a – oh, maybe a, a – some kind of reference, secondary reference out. to Phoenix. And Ben goes, you know what? This so... is what I'll do. Watch this, Eager.
1: Yeah, because he said Phoenix right away and then <laughs> – specifically intentionally said Penix like seven times after that like so he obviously knows how to say it correctly which makes me think he's messing with us the first time
0: and yeah that was more Michael Penix coverage that we've done all year (laughs) (laughs) like the stories are Caleb and Drake McCarthy moving up hearing about Bo Nix uh of course Jaden Daniels Penix is like the fifth or sixth quarterback people are talking about not in Ben Brown's world on his appearance. Are here, we tagging Ben a Brown
1: one. when we asked this question today?
0: Yeah. we yeah, uh, okay, Well, we got to go right to the source. he will get a kick out of yeah. it. Aaron, what do you think? Was he messing with us?
1: Chris says yes. I'm going to say yes. It, it, all he had to do was see my reaction and he's leaning into the bit. Like, right. Oh,
2: so I, so I wonder if it cool. wasn't the original plan, but then he kind of saw how things were going. He's like, all right, yeah, right, I'll have some fun with this. I've got them See on the game. edge.
0: We should have yeah, called him yeah. out at the time. I just didn't know. What, I regret I just, it. I was trying I, I to I it together. talk.
2: Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I, th- I thought about bringing it up once the, the side text, the you know, the group chat started to go off. Um, I, just I thought I about couldn't. bringing it up, and I was like, "No," because we've already lost Aaron. If we bring up Phoenix on the <laughs> air to Ben, we're gonna—she's gonna be gone. Like, she's gonna turn her screen off. She's gonna be out for at least the rest of the segment, if not multiple segments. And so, <laughs> wow. I was kind—I was just trying to—I was holding on. I was like Wiley
1: e. Coyote with his—we're out 24 hours later. It's
0: still an issue. Yeah yeah so so
1: athletic athletic lt on twitch is saying this reminds him of uh when we talked about grady dick last year
0: oh yeah gotta say the full name you cannot just say his last don't, name yeah don't just say his last name Everybody it's a no-no
1: for radio tv
0: grady dick grady dick nobody, nobody would say the, just the last name um you know i'm gonna go opposite i'm gonna say it was not intentional but really just That's because where I was gonna go. he didn't crack a smile there was no hesitation hmm.
1: did this he happened. realize he said the name wrong then and was trying to overcompensate yeah. by throwing some extra yeah, appendixes maybe. in there it's like yes. I, i'm on the and air so- with children they're laughing
0: because <laughs> i i, I mispronounced this guy's the name with children
3: <laughs> like serious data scientist, and he's got us so I'm trying to park yeah. the money fools. <laughs>
0: just, yeah.
2: This is <laughs> like this. You need to come to BeckQL Daily with the same level of preparation you do as walking into a sixth grade classroom. It, That's what it is. He did. You have to be prepared. He
1: did say, this is when the nerds shine. I guess he wasn't really planning on shining for these <laughs> reasons.
0: Is he coming back on the show ever? Oh, I think he'd love to
2: come back. Yeah. He's so happy yeah. To, yeah, to be here. Say no.
0: Yeah.
2: Exclusive th- Ben MGM tonight <laughs> now. I just I just get the bubbles next time I text them and
0: then they yeah, go away. Bubbles yep. go away. Yep. Deleted. Wait, where's my blocked. brown contact? Yeah. It could happen. Blocked. It's happened to me.
1: He blocked all your social media night. after he we tag
0: him. Oh my god. He might <laughs> happen to me too. <laughs>
1: No, he's going to, he'll have fun with it.
0: I
2: believe in Ben. I think he's going to have fun with it and we'll have him on in a couple weeks before the draft and we'll all have a good laugh about it. And yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. Plus he had great insight. So we got to do all we can to, to minimize the damage from,
0: (laughs) from (laughs) people. Minimize the damage. (laughs) What a, what, I mean this, we make a living doing this so stupid it really this is, is... Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: adults or not... next or do we yeah. do we not broach the subject but we have a bingo card for the next time he's on and we all play along uh, I don't know, i'm kind of tag tag, I think it was a one-off yeah yeah once we once we tag him he's gonna be aware and we owe it to I him to tag him Lord so he knows life. we're talking about that's him. true that's
4: true yeah 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 and that was nickel so,
2: or dime. no yeah, that was nickel or dime, uh, which we can just eh. we can do it later, or Monday. No or, uh when well, we're when, when we're not, when we're not laughing at the mention. This of is far news.
1: more important. Let's be honest. All right, <laughs> get to the bottom of this.
2: Scrap the rundown.
1: I want him to reply. Yep. I need to know. He He'll reply.
2: Yeah, he will. Again, <laughs> I think he's a good
0: sport. I think Ben is good. He's got nothing going on this weekend. No, nothing at all. Slow time.
2: (laughs) Lightning bets on the way before we get out of here. Two-minute drill as well. Focus on some hoops in the two-minute drill. And coming up next, we talked NL Cy Young earlier, 28 days until opening day in Major League Baseball. Let's talk AL Cy Young market and what we like early on in that one. Next on Beck Daily.